You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, Aston Villa fans, and welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast, and I hope that woke you up a small little bit. Um, the Danny Ings Derby at the weekend is what we're going to call it, because I'm hearing everybody tell me that Danny Ings is going to score 17 goals against Aston Villa at the weekend, and that we're still stupid for letting him go. Now, look, who cares? I couldn't give two shits about Danny Ings. I'm just coming on hot and heavy on this. Danny Ings can play for West Ham all he likes. We've got Ali Watkins, and he may very well score against us at the weekend. I couldn't give a horse's hoot if he does or not, uh, at the weekend. But anyway, that's beside well, I'll the I'll remind point. you of that about 4 o'clock yeah. on Sunday. That's fine, Paddy, because what I can do is I can div- I can separate myself from, from whether Danny Ng scores and we win 2-1 as well. It doesn't really bother me. Um, well, that, that's, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, we just said we'd, we'd start this one hot and heavy. We'd start this one hot and heavy today. But uh, we do have West Ham at the weekend, and um, West Ham are down a couple of players. We're down a couple of players as well. And it's going to be an interesting game because I've been running a couple of numbers in West Ham, Paddy. Um, they're, they're in a very false position, not because of how they've played this season. They haven't played very well this season. But they're in a false position because they've got very, very good players. All, all things serious. All be, all things being serious. They've got some really good players, yet they're only one point ahead of ahead of the drop zone. And I can't figure it out why, Paddy. Well, I can. They haven't scored enough goals to beat teams, but, you know, when we get it, when we get into the weeds in it, like what has changed from last season to this season with West Ham, I can't quite put my finger on it. I, well, I, I genuinely think there's something not right there and there's something a little bit rotten. There's a few players not firing. You got the likes of Declan. Is Declan Rice the club captain? Declan Rice is I think club he's captain. captain. Yes, 
Yeah. And he he more or less came out and said he was he would go to Chelsea, which is absolutely if one of the Villa players did that, I would go absolutely spare. I was going I was going to course there. We threw the threshold for what you told me. To oh, I, don't know. I already cursed already. <laughs> for those of you, for those of you who are wondering why we're asking that, somebody we may have, we may have gotten a, I may have gotten an email today from uh, from YouTube um, uh, with something about uh, swear words and at the start of our podcast. And uh, yeah, I uh, there was me. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you beat me to it. Well, you didn't beat you. You were the only one because I didn't at all. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying it's, it's like he came out and then Declan Rice coming out and saying what he said. Yeah, I I just think it just it just smacks it or something rotten in there at the moment. I don't know what it is. What's causing it? There's players not firing. Antonio's not firing. I know he's injured at the moment. Mm. But he's I, back. Th- no, I think we, when you, when you. I don't think he is, no. I think he's still out this weekend. But he's uh with players like him not firing, you're you're in big trouble. Um because like like what you see with Everton, you can have all the good players you want around you, but if you can't score goals or you haven't got someone there that scores goals, then you're in trouble, which is the reason why they signed Danny Ings. And uh mm. he scored a couple of goals. Um he's been injured, of course, <laughs> some of the time. But uh, he'll be fit. He'll be fit for the weekend, and will probably get a start. You would imagine. Um, but yeah, it's hard to put the finger on it. Um, Moyes looks a little bit dejected when he's talking. Is trying to be as positive as he can, but it's just he's kind of slumped when he's talking. It's not like he's his usual energetic self, or he's not even his bitter self when they lose. That he's not mm. even blaming anyone or giving out, which I found very strange in his interviews. But sure. Aston Villa will rock up. We haven't had the, the best of times in, in that stadium, although we did get the draw we needed to stay up in uh, Project Restart. That's probably our best result that I can remember against West Ham since our uh, promotion back to the Premier League. I, I honestly can't remember us doing pretty well, anyway well against West Ham. I could be wrong now. There's probably a home fixture in there somewhere that I'm missing. But... Uh, yeah, that's probably the best of what I can remember since we came back up. Oh, that day, that day uh, when we stayed up, I've got such bittersweet memories of that day because it was the day after my sister's thirty. I mentioned it in the podcast before, <laughs> and I think every single person that came to that was absolutely dying the next day. I've sat there watching that game with an with a bag of peas in my head. My head was pounding that much. And uh, that, let's just say when Jack Reish's goal went in, everything was rosy. And then when the equaliser came, the pin, the head came right back. So it was, uh, yeah, it was one that I, I uh, watched through my fingers because I couldn't have dealt with, couldn't have dealt with Aston Villa cutting down. <laughs> the, the situation I was in, I couldn't have dealt with Aston Villa going down. So um, I'm glad that they didn't, obviously. For obvious reasons, I'm glad that they didn't. Um but getting back to, to this game, you know, you mentioned that West Ham's shyness in front of goals. Let's hope that does continue because uh, West Ham have failed to score in 11 games this season. Um, they've scored over one goal six times. They've conceded over one goal 10 times this season. And they've lost by more than one goal seven times. So, like... There's the, I think the big one there is at the start of the season, they weren't scoring goals. They've had a 4-0 win 
this year, which inflates their their that's the their highest win that four that four nil win that they it had inflates forced. the numbers. Yep. Yeah, inflates their numbers. Um, I think that was the one where Dennings got two in that game. It was. Um, uh, we all they also like their top scorer is Jared Bowen, who's got four goals. Two of those came in a game against Everton. Um, their next high scorer after him is Skamaka, and then Ben Rama. And Mikel Antonio all with three goals, you know. So they're while they've shared goals around, they still have um like they've got no focal party. And we hope that that's going to stay the same at the weekend because as I say, Villa always go into games when they win it. I know I started off hot at the start of it. I was joking for anybody who's going to take me to task on that. We were obviously going to need to going to need to marshal Danny Ings um if he is playing, and it looks like he will be playing. Mikel Antonio it's it, I'm just looking here. It looks like he's he's being assessed, but it looks like he's going to play. But the big one for me is um is, is Fabianski is out. Now they've got an able deputy in goals in Ariola is a very able deputy. Played okay against my against Manchester United, albeit I think if I can't remember which which shot was it, maybe it might have been Garnacho's shot that he could have saved, I think it was. Um but he's a player who's a very, very decent player in his own right. You know, he's a good sub goalkeeper to have for them. But Fabianski for me is better. So that's <coughs> somebody that, that, that they're obviously going to miss. And uh, they're not going to have Vladimir Kufal as well. They're right back. Yeah. Looks like he's going to be out as well. And he's somebody that's caused, he caused us problems for me, Jack Reedish there. Um, he seemed to have his number. So, you yeah. know, him being out as well is going to be, is going to be a big plus for us. And, and, I'll probably butcher his name here. Ferrer, is that his name? The center half. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been. He'll be a big Ferrer. loss. Yeah, yeah. He he'll be a big loss for them as well. So, um, there's a few injuries there, and that that will hamper them at the weekend and will play into our hands. I think it may push them back a little bit deeper. Um, it may determine whether they play Ben Rama with Bowen or just one of them. So they they might they might play somebody extra in midfield because of that, but it, it'll be an it'll be an interesting team sheet tantrum to see what 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 way they go with it, but um yeah we we will we will we'll probably see Danny Ings lead the line alongside Bowen I would imagine, um, yeah they're not they're not the uh, they're not the force they were obviously in previous seasons with with those big bruisers in there that that did such a great job the 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 Royce the Kufal the what's the other lad's name. Central midfielder, uh, Suchek. Suchek, yeah, um, hasn't been firing for them previously, but like they've always turned up well against us, so, albeit they don't have Kufal. So, um, I've I've a big fear of them at set pieces, mainly because yeah. we've always we've always we've always been second best in the air to them. So, um, I think we got to avoid stupid free kicks and giving away set pieces and, and getting our set pieces right, which would be really important defensively. So uh you've got you've got three training days there, uh Mr. McPhee, get it sorted out. Yeah, and they're seem to be playing Thomas Suchek more as a kind of a ten now. Um they've pushed him up a small bit further forward. They've actually brought Paqueta back to play in that double pivot with uh Declan Rice, specifically when I watched them against Man United in the Cup. That's how they played. And in fairness, they played really well for the first half of that game. Um and then United came back and and obviously won as as, as we know but um they kind of left Man United off the hook in that game for sure I thought and uh you know but there was there was 
There were signs they were beginning to get things right there. And then they go out against Brighton then afterwards and they lose 4-0 to Brighton. So it, 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 they're, they're very Jekyll and Hyde at the moment. They're much, much better at home. And that's why, you know, their home form is five wins, two, lo- two draws, five losses. Um, that, that uh, you know, they win 4-0 against Forest, as you mentioned there. That was a home win. They lose 4-0 away against Brighton. You know, so that's where they're Jekyll and Hyde. Now, we're a very good away team. We're a better away team, it seems. Yeah. So that's why I'm very interested to see this matchup. And look, as I say, it's, it is going to be an interesting matchup because I think if Villa can hold them to... If, if Villa can hold them to not scoring, I think we win this game. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, we're, we're going to score. Absolutely, we'll get one, but... Uh, yeah, if if we could keep a clean sheet here, we win the game. You know, you know, you got a 50-50 chance if you keep a clean yeah. sheet. But um, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I just can't see where they're gonna where they're gonna break us down. I'm hoping that somebody will marshal Danny Ings well enough that we we won't have to worry about him. Um, they know him well enough. Um, Bowen always has a good game against us. He's probably their most informed player as as a creator and as a workhorse in what they've had. In, in the last six months. Um, he's been more or less ever present in there. Um, yeah, so o- other than that, you know, there's there's not a whole pile more you can say about them until you see what kind of team they put out. Um, and that's that's the thing, Paddy, because like, they've got some really good players. Like They've got a team full of internationials. You know, like yeah. Kurtzuma is a, a very good centre-half. Angela Agbana is, is a very good centre-half. Um, you look at that, Aguard, very good centre half. Carrera, very mm-hmm. good centre half. You've got the likes of Emerson Palmier, Palmieri. You've got Lucas Paqueta. You've got Lanzini, Farnell, Skamak. Like all names that if if West Ham put them up for sale in the morning, they're snapped up on the continent. Absolutely. And I just cannot yeah. under like uh, I can't see. I think like, there's no way in world in high heaven that they're going to go down. Not a hope in hell will they go down. I don't. I don't um, think so either. I don't think. I. I. I cannot see them going down and if they do go down it'll be a travesty at the level of when they went down with that great team under um with, with the joe calls in the world of the world uh, at that stage because they just have way too much talent and mm. um like as i say they can kick into gear all they want after sunday um but uh, <laughs> I, I you know that four and lost to brighton has get, will have given a lot of teams a, a hopefully it will have given us a blueprint and we've got a manager who likes to uh, to have a blueprint going into games so hopefully he can do that and 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 keep things tight but as you say 
big worry is uh, set pieces. Mm-hmm. Set pieces for sure. Another mitigating factor in how this game is going to pan out is they have a long trip to Cyprus tomorrow to play Larnaca. So I forgot all about that. Yes. Yeah. So they they've got that to contend with. You know, probably not arriving back into the UK until the middle of the night tomorrow night into Friday morning. I know they've got forty eight hours to recover, but that is difficult. You know, they they might be better off training in Cyprus on Friday and flying back that way. Whatever way they decide, but either way. Mm. To be on a five or six hour flight after a bruising game, no doubt in different temperatures than what they're used to, it'll it'll uh, it'll play havoc with the body. I don't know how early they've gone out there to to play or not, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely something that I'm glad that they have to contend with before they play us at the weekend. And that's an interesting one. I see somebody who put that in there saying that they don't play well after John Steele put it in there saying they don't play well after playing in Europe. Well, let's have a little look at that. So they beat Voiborg 3-1, then they come back and they lose to Brighton uh, three days later. They beat Voiborg 3-0. <laughs> oh, watch this. They beat Voiborg 3-0. <laughs> and then three days later, of course, they come back and beat us 1-0 <laughs> away from home. Uh, then they play they play two uh, games back to back then they played against Bucharest and Sikorsk and then they played Everton the last one nil to Everton they played Anderlecht which they won and then they came back and they played Fulham they played Anderlecht again they they came back home and they drew one all to Southampton um where else so they they played Sikorsk and then they last one nil to United they uh, played uh, Bucharest they last 2-1 to um, they lost two one to Crystal Palace, and that was their last. Uh, yeah, that was the last time that they played in the. Yeah, that was back in in November. That was the last time that they played in in Europe. So, yeah. as I say, they've they've only played five days ago. They're now going to be playing again on tomorrow night, and then they're out again on Sunday. So, and as I say, they've got a couple of players with a couple of niggles. Uh, although they are playing Larnaca, they should dispose of Larnaca no problem. You'd be expecting that. But saying that, you know, there's going to be there's going to be uh, minutes in those legs that Aston Villa won't have, and Aston Villa could do with that because we're going to shift ahead, I think, to talk a small little bit about Aston Villa and the obvious uh, omission from their team at the weekend is going to be Bubakar Kamara. Um, we don't have any word. Well, we see we're doing this a small bit earlier this week. We know would normally do this maybe on a Friday night for a Sunday game, but I just won't be around for the next two evenings. Um, so. Usually we'd have maybe some sort of a an injury update, or you'd have one of those that, that come out from the club, or you'd have Una Emery would 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 uh, maybe have done his press conference, but we don't know who's going to be in there. Who'd you put in there, Chambers or Dendonker, Paddy? Um, for me, if he's fit, it's Dendonker. Um, I think I think it's a no-brainer. That's his natural position. I'd prefer to see him playing in his natural position. He's not alone. He's our player, so it it would be. It would be a strange one to bring uh, Chambers into that position. Although, if depending on what's going on with with Dendonker at the moment, we don't know if it's an injury or personal reasons or what it is. <clears throat> but he's still marked as doubtful for the weekend. So, which, whichever one it is, is going to have a tough job. I, luckily, we've got four or five days training to, to sort mm-hmm. out who that's going to be, and he's probably made his mind up already, and they're probably training on it all week. Um. <clears throat> I'd have no problem with uh, with either player. I, I would prefer Dendonker just because that's his natural position. He hasn't exactly set the world on fire since he came in. 
but this is his opportunity to get his finger out and get a run of games where he can stamp his authority on a game and you know uh, touring the fans let's say is probably the easiest way of putting it who have been not really too uh, happy with how he's started his Aston Villa career let's put it I think it, it's been very stop-start because I, th- I think we could probably take a look at it now and say that there's probably a 50-50 chance that nobody knew he was coming. So th- that there was at least one part of the, uh, of the uh, whether it was either the coaching staff or whether it was either the recruitment staff that didn't know he was coming in into the club the day that he came into the club and it was kind of presented to them. So I'm trying to say panic boy in the nicest way I could possibly say it here. <laughs> I think, I think the, you know, he's an, he's an experienced international. So I think it's probably unfair to say that he, his game against Brentford was absolutely fantastic. You know, he was really good against Brentford. That gives me a lot of hope. Obviously his game against Stevenage. Uh, we're not, uh, look, we can call that an outlier. And I think it was, Coming off the bench, he seems to be ineffective. And the reason that I think that is because he's a, he's a slow, methodical player. So if he's coming into a game that everybody's up to the pace of, you're not going to see him affected that much because if, if people are up to the pace of it and he's a slow, methodical player, he, he maybe needs to play himself into the game a small bit. So by starting him alongside Douglas Louise, the team plays to that, to that tempo or he plays to the team's tempo, shall I say, instead of having coming into a, a tempo that's dictated for him. I hope that kind of makes sense, I suppose, because, uh, I, and I think that we would see a better performance from him if he does start. Um, I, I think he will be back in the team. I think, like, we've we've heard two two different, different kind of stories. I read during the week that it was a slight injury that he had, but then obviously after the game, we people mentioned that it was a... It was personal reasons that he was out for. So for whatever reason he was out, um, you know, if he does come back into the team, I expect him to be the person, or if he is fit, should I say, I expect him to be the person that plays alongside Douglas Louise for two reasons. You're going to need Chambers in the bench in case the centre half gets injured. Because yeah, we aren't gonna, we're not seeing Josh Feeney up there unless we absolutely have to. Um and and you know you're not going to be able to move any of our fullbacks into that center half position either. So we've chambers are bust in that area. I know people say you can move the Dunker back in there, but you're, I think that you know you start the Dunker central midfield because he's a natural central midfielder, and you bring Chambers off the bench because he's a natural natural defender. And instead of inverting the two and putting a, a triangle in the square slot, you know I think that that's what they'll do. Paddy, do you think that they go they go basically exactly the same as they did against Crystal Palace apart from that change? Or do you think maybe we might see a Leon Bailey introduced because it's an away game, maybe attack them like he did against Arsenal or like he did against uh, like he has done against teams away from home and maybe takes out a an Emmy Buendia or maybe a, a Jacob Ramsey out of the team? Do you think he does anything drastic like that? Um well I think it's any I think it's anybody's guess. You know the the fact that we've we've come to this last. The only concern really is what we do with with that uh, troublesome position where we've we've lost arguably our best player from the centre of the park. Um, and uh, you know nothing he he would do with Bailey or uh, even like I I think McGinn is nailed on to play. Obviously, I, I hope. Oh, yeah. 
hope from his sake that he's not moved back into that position. He may he may feel he has no choice but to put him back in there as a six. I don't want to see that because it, it, we see a completely different team without McGinn uh, offering so what what he has offered in the last few weeks in that eight position. So I I would I would leave uh, McGinn and Ramsey where they are and let him decide what he wanted to do up top himself. Um, for me, it's it's Buendia all day long. <laughs> mm, <laughs> not, yeah. I, I don't think many people are going to argue we're not getting a tune out of Leon Bailey. So if we're going to get twenty minutes of freakish hell raising from uh Leon Bailey let it let it be the, the latter 20 minutes and not start for 20 minutes and then go out of the game for half an hour before he gets taken off which is no good to anybody so um that that's that's my opinion I'm not saying it's the right one but that's what I would do I would leave everything the same uh obviously start Buendia instead of Bailey and then then Donker in for Bubakar Kamara I'm just going back through the. I'm just going back through here to see, has anybody asked if we think Joanne is going to start? Somebody said he was going to score his first goal. Somebody, and... that's that's different to starting. That's different to starting. <laughs> um, cause, that was the only yeah. time I saw it. Yeah, I think that's the only time that. But uh, let's just say the John John McGinn did go back into that sixth position, which I'm like you. I don't want him to go back in there. You know, we read a piece from Greg Evans, and if you didn't read it, go read it in the Athletic. Um, if you are uh, that way inclined, give it a read. Um, it talks about and how how he was played out of position last season. Now, I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I will. I've in the past done a. St- uh, statistical analysis of John McGinn over his first three seasons in the Premier League, how he's played in a different position every single season for his first three seasons. And last season was no different. He played in a completely different position. And this season he's back out into the, almost into the position he played when, when we first came into the Premier League, as in he had control of one side of the field. He needed to worry about one side of the field. When Dean Smith moved him back into the centre and made him that the guy who protected that centre circle and had to be sideline to sideline player as opposed to box to box player, it kind of took that small bit out of him moving laterally because teams were able to blow past him because he's not very physically stout. And he also got injured when he started playing that position. He got injured against um, Southampton, wasn't it? And and then, look, you know, the, the rest is history from there, I suppose. So I like seeing him out there and I wouldn't move him into that central position. But if I did move him in there, he would have to be part of a double pivot where he can just look after one side of the field. Dougie Louise can look after the other side of the field. But I'm not too sure if Una Emery has even done that with Kamara and Louise so far. So I wouldn't be a fan of that. Now, if he did stay out in the side and you brought then Donker in, that's obviously, that, that, that kind of cures what ails you for me. But... Jacob Ramsey may be the guy who might lose out, I suppose. If, uh, like you mentioned about Buendia staying in the team, I think Buendia would stay in the team. Maybe he moves to the left-hand side if Leon Bailey is to play up top or maybe uh, John Duran. So I think that that's probably, there's outside chances of that happening. But I think for me, like you said, Paddy, I think he goes with that that tight midfield. Ramsey, McGinn, either side of Dundonker, Luis, were a bit more conservative. And um, if you can get a bit more conservative under Unai Emery, uh, but we are, uh, we'll be a bit more con- away from home, that is. We'll be a bit mm. more conservative and uh, we'll play Ollie Watkins and Bundy up top, I think. I think yeah. that's there's the one, there's one thing we haven't mentioned, which, which seems, he seems to have a home and away left fullback as well. I was just, yeah, that was going to be my <laughs> next question. Yeah, yeah. Do you think it'll be, do you, who do you think will play left back? 
Um, well, he started Moreno, didn't he, against against Everton, and then he went back to his home fullback, which was Luca Dean, last mm. weekend. So who knows? <laughs> who knows? He's a great philosopher. We we just gotta we just gotta take his opinion on these things, and and we're probably reading in too much into it. It, it could have been a purely tactical decision that not not a home and away decision that he's he's seen who these guys are up against and decided that's my man for that particular battle. Absolutely. And Paddy, since you've got your thinking hat and your future seeing pattern, as Michael McCarthy Smith has asked, where can I get a hat, Paddy? You can get a hat at for the love of You can go in there and you can see our, our shop in there. And if you purchase a hat, I've got a couple of them down here. I'll pop it in the post tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Michael, so for the love of you'll be able to find one there. Uh, but Paddy, the question that I wanted to ask you there was, where's it going to? If the, 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 the so Miles Morris asked this, who comes onto the bench if then Donker is not available? I I think I've actually lost track of of who we have and who's gone out on loan. Um, Play seven subs. That's that's what we do. We're, we're we're gonna we're gonna. Have seven we don't subs. even want to realistically bring on five anyway. At the no. most, so I I must apologise because somebody sent me a message the other day on Twitter or Instagram and asked asked us to do a loan roundup and I completely forgot about it but uh we, we must have a dig in and yeah. see yep. how, how people are getting on over over the next week or so and see what we can come up I'm with. off for I'm off work for two weeks so uh if you know better man have just given me something <laughs> to do you've just given me something to do for it it saves me having to dig into the scouting roundup stuff um for sure but uh who comes onto the bench uh, you'd have to think it would be Arjen Arjen Reiki I would think so, yeah. That 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 that's what was in the back of my head. I was thinking, he's not gone out on loan, is he? He played no, for the under twenty threes a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, that would be uh, that would be the obvious choice. Some people would say now that we're more or less safe, is play him <laughs> if he's that good. You know, maybe somebody like uh, like there could be uh, a span, not a spanner on the works, but you could see somebody like we've seen Sils Finkels on the bench. Maybe he comes in there and Chambers becomes our. Or if Chambers has to st- has to step up if the Donker yeah. isn't fit, maybe Swinkles gets in there. Maybe Seb Revan gets in there uh, as a. <laughs> Wait a minute, we don't need more left backs, so probably no, we don't, he doesn't no. get in there. We don't. <laughs> Look, let's be honest; it, it's going to be Dan Donker or Chambers. So I think we can put money on that. I think um, so. Yeah, yeah. But who comes onto the bench? I think the extra one who comes onto the bench. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like to see Arian Reiki in there. I'd lo- I'd like to see the t- the time where we can we can throw him on and give him some more minutes to show what he can do, because uh, there's a lot of people absolutely raving about him this season. So it would be nice to see what he could do at that level. It, there's people talk about recall Wesley, and I know that that's probably uh, facetious. So I'd be okay. But if we could recall someone, I think we would be recalling Ireland's greatest ever midfielder, Finnedine Azidan, uh, <laughs> as we's been as he's been called, uh, Finnazaz. Uh, would be probably like he seems to be. It, it's it's mad, Patty. I'm seeing people from other teams talking about how good a prospect he is now. I'm seeing people here in Ireland talking about him being in the in the squad, potentially even starting against Latvia. It looks like we could have a whole new capped midfield against Latvia. Yeah. Um, when it comes up, and long may it continue for Ireland because we're uh, you know, we need an influx of creativity there in the midfield. No offense to Jeff Hendrick, but I'm not sure I can see Jeff Hendrick <laughs> play for Ireland. But Paddy, Paddy's laughing because I I, I I melt down usually whenever I see him in midfield um for Ireland. But 
Finazes has been somebody who's been been doing really well. And and the reason I'm talking about him is because just the guys on loan I have it here. We've got Lamar Bogard, Aaron Ramsey, who had a fantastic game for Middlesbrough at the weekend. Uh, Philip Marshall is at um, Gateshead. Otherwise, I'm sure he would have been on the bench to make it three goalkeepers on the bench. Um, <laughs> ben Christian is at Kilmarnock. Finazes at Port, uh, uh, Plymouth. Louis Barry. Starting to hit form and hit his stride at Salford. And uh, I completely forgot this guy was even still at the club, but he's a Crawley Town as well. Caleb Chukumeka uh, is there at Crawley Town as well. He won't be there um, for long. <laughs> uh, well, five five games he's played on loan uh, as well. And Tim obviously is out on loan as well. Tim Erugbunum. Erugbunum. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. He's not even listed here. Oh, he is. He's injured. He is. He is. Well, no, he is listed here. It was just I was looking at the academy players that were right. out on loan. Jaden Fulijin Bidis, like the, it, it's going to be an interesting podcast when we do do the guys out on loan because a lot of these guys, it's it, you know we're looking at them and we're going they're having great they're they're having good seasons out on loan. They're getting great experience. A lot of them are going to be flogged. Oh yeah, right. we can't keep them. We can't keep them all. And, 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 and yeah, and with a with a lot of those names that you've mentioned. The end of this season is time to shit or get off to the pot with them. You know, it's it's a it's a big decision that needs to be made, and we're probably only going to see realistically. And he didn't even mention Cameron Archer there. We're only going to realistically see two or three of those still with the club come first of September this year. So it's it's a big there's a big decision because we've a lot of a lot of household names with Villa fans out on loan, but we won't we won't have anywhere to put them realistically. So. Maybe that's maybe that's a show for the future. Who who stays and who goes from that list? That would be interesting. Yeah, I'm filling up my week next week now, Paddy. You're filling up my week. <laughs> um, we're beginning to ramble a small little bit after a half an hour, Paddy. And I know that you don't like doing um doing uh, predictions in the pre-match. I'm reluctant to do them because we're so far out from the game so far, but uh, so far out from the game at the moment. But I'm going to go with Aston Villa one West Ham nil. Um, I just think that. Every game that we go into, bar against the likes of Man City or Arsenal, I think that Aston Villa can win one nil. Um, it's just something that I feel feel under Unai Emery, and I think we will go to be very stout, resolute, stout and resolute against this team. Um, I then Donker coming in might give us that bit of an edge with uh, set pieces, as we spoke about previously. Uh, might give us a bit of an edge about maybe trying to out muscle the likes of Suchek if he is playing in that 10 role, which he has been for the last two to three games with Paqueta going back to play and be a bit more mobile in around Declan Rice. Um, I think that gives us that little edge. But I would, um, yeah, I'd be going with a 1 0 win Aston Villa. And, and for another reason, as I say, West Ham have failed to score in 11 other games this season. So, um, you know, if they don't score, they're going to need to score, should I say, to win. And Matt, thank you so much. I forgot about that. That was at the very, very, very top. Um, you make a very good point there. West Ham, 2.2 goals per game versus Aston Villa's 1.2 goals per game. Uh, I suppose the context behind that is that West Ham have scored in sports in some games, which is uh, which is upped their... their uh, um, is, is that their, statistics their or is that XG? I don't know. Maybe it could be XG. I'm not he sure. Might tell, he, he might tell us in the comments. Might be, there. might be able to tell us in the comments, yeah. He might yeah. tell us if it's the Loch Ness Monster or not. <laughs> What's the Loch Ness Monster? XG? XG. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't be doing a podcast on XG. I did one before. <laughs> you can go back and find it here on, on the YouTube channel before. But it was uh, how XG is. Um, it's predicting the future based on history, which is fine. 
which is absolutely fine. But humans are gooey, and uh, humans can do extraordinary things. Um, uh, actuals, actuals from SofaScore. Oh, cool, excellent. Um, so, I haven't done that. I, as I say, I, I just counted up how many times that they'd failed to score this season, and uh, but um, yeah. Aston Villa versus West Ham at this at the weekend. Uh, I'm glad I checked it before. I, I for whatever reason I thought it was a Saturday game. It's Sunday two Sunday at two o'clock, obviously because West Ham play away at um in Larnaca in Cyprus uh, at the tomorrow night. I'm sure we'll probably all be glued to it if we can find it on whatever channel just to see what what team they put out. But nice, um, nice and early quarter to six kickoff tomorrow evening. I, I ju- it just baffles me every week that what, what's really playing on my mind this week, you haven't even encountered it in your head yet. And that's the Aston Villa kickoff at two o'clock and there's a very important rugby match starting at half two. And that hasn't even triggered with you yet. Yeah, and that's three o'clock. <laughs> but three o'clock, yeah. still, yeah. still clashing. Well, yeah, I was going to offer to go to, I was going to do a very selfless thing and offer to go to the pub with, uh, uh, go to the pub to watch that. But um, yeah. maybe I might. Well, I was going to do the same, and then I realised actually there's zero chance of Aston Villa's game being on the telly if uh, if Ireland are playing Scotland at rugby. But anyway, yeah. there you go. Exactly. Exactly. All our English well, listeners are just turning off for there as we listen. Scottish <laughs> listeners are turning on are turning on their droves, though. And that's the other side of it. But I've got three screens here, so I'll surely be able to sort out rugby and and uh, the football and the one uh, on on Sunday. So. Um, never fear, we'll still watch the game. We'll still be back with a team sheet tantrum on Sunday, and we'll also be back with a post match on Sunday as well. So, if you're at a loose end, come join us. We'd be delighted to have you. We're getting ever, ever, ever so close to 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. Feels like we've been looking to get to 5,000 forever. Um, but I think we got to 4,000, not like 4,800 before Christmas and then it's been a trickle since then so as I say if you know of anybody who likes the podcast or may like the podcast rob their phone subscribe them um on the audio side of things and on the YouTube side of things and uh yeah just uh, make two two villa fans over here in Ireland very very happy but until then until the weekend guys everybody enjoy your um enjoy the rest of your week hope you stay safe hope you stay healthy here's to an Aston Villa at the weekend we will be back for a team sheet tantrum and all that's left to say is up the villa of the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.